What's up, everybody? It's episode two of the 514 Soccer Podcast. I'm Joey Alfieri with, with two former Canadian national team members, legends in their own mind, of course. Uh, Amy Walsh. Amy, what's going on? Hi, Joey. Hi, Grant. How are you? I just, I, I don't understand how a Ville Saint Laurent, two years, three years, mocking. three years, two goals. Two years, three goals, three oh. years, two goals. <laughs> Ville Saint Laurent, who cares? You're mocking, mocking two people that played for the national team and wore our shirts with pride. I love it. It's just because they weren't scouting. <laughs> they weren't, they weren't scouting Ville Saint Laurent as, uh, as deeply. Uh, oh, no, no, the no. Day. They were scouting. They were scouting. Uh, and they got I, it I right. Think- I think they, they got it right. They didn't put, they didn't bring the scouts <laughs> out to uh, to Ray Bork Arena uh, often enough. But uh, together, uh, Amy Grant and I would do bring you CF Montreal soccer games on TSN six nine. And of course, Montreal beats Houston uh, last night. We're recording this on Thursday morning. Uh, they win by a score of two to nothing, and we'll get into that win. Uh, but uh, guys, there was a bit of news that uh, kind of overshadowed. Uh, pretty much everything uh, the entire week leading up into this game. And I think we'll keep talking about it uh, as the weeks go by, whether the CF Montreal team makes the playoffs or not. Uh, but Kevin Gilmore, mutual parting of the ways, apparently, uh, between club and uh, and their president. I guess he was on the job. Was it I, was it less than or yeah, a little more than two years, uh, I guess. But uh, they did some damage there and we'll get into it. And it wasn't all bad. Uh, there were some good things that came out of his tenure as president, and we'll get into that too because we do want to be fair uh, to the situation. But, uh, Amy, I guess we'll start with you. The timing, I don't know, the timing's just kind of weird, right? It's the biggest week of the season. You've got two games, and CF Montreal came out and said they didn't want to be a distraction, but they dropped this bombshell. And it wasn't surprising to me that they made this move. I think they had to go away uh, from Kevin Gilmore, or he had to step away. But I don't know. I'm talking to the, the head of their PR, Pat Ballet, and he told me basically on the phone 20, 30 minutes after this was over that uh, nobody's going to speak to the media because they don't want to be a distraction. And they got in front of the story basically because there were some people, some reporters on social media that were alluding to the fact that they knew something was going to go down. So they got ahead of the story. From a timing perspective, do you, do you buy that? I don't think I do because, they, I mean, there's been rumblings and and, and rumors and things like that, maybe not of this magnitude on Twitter. Um, I, I just think, can you not wait five days to, to do this? You know, you wait for decision day. Um, you don't know which way that's going to go. You don't know how Wednesday's game is going to go. Now we know that they got the benefit of the three points. They go into Sunday's game. They, it's a must win to get into the playoffs. Why can it not wait there? I mean, obviously my degree is in nutrition and dietetics. It is not in communications or marketing. So I don't know what the, the, the angle is there. Yes, you want to get ahead of the story. I understand that. But um, you, I think you get people out in front of the media and you quell this as soon as it's out. So you, if you choose to announce it, then parade the people out that the media are going to want to speak with. And then it quiets it. And then you can just address the task at hand, which is to make it into the playoffs. All right, listen, I agree with that. I think that you, you, you have to own it. You decided, I'm, this is the change we're going to make. Here's why we're doing it. This is what's going on. We believe maybe you could even have used this as a marketing tool to say, guys, things didn't work out, but we have two games left. Let's get behind this team. Let's make sure that everyone is on the same page. And you use it as a marketing tool to fuel people to getting in the, in the stadium and backing this team. They, I think they made the announcement, strange timing. They tried to get ahead of it. I get that. But I don't think they got ahead of it because 
at the end of the day, we're talking about it going, why would they announce something like this? Why would they do it at this timing? It's such strange things. And, and there's the fans are not coming back. They didn't, they're not addressing it. There's still questions upon questions upon questions. These are the type of things that you have to get ahead of. Then you have to own it. And when you own it and you say, this is why people might not agree with you, but at least they have, okay, well, that makes sense. This is why they did something along this magnitude. They haven't answered any questions. And now people are still asking, why, why did you do it now? Why did you do this? And at the most important junction in the season, you're still in the playoff hunt. I think it was a mistake to do it at this time. Yeah. So I, I just, I think they never really address anything. Like they have a hard time and this is way before Kevin Gilmore uh, got to uh, CF Montreal, but they, they just, they never address things in a timely or orderly fashion. And I think you've left a lot of questions and there aren't really any answers. And when have you heard, like, there's been so many things like you guys know the last two seasons, pandemic playing outside of Montreal last year, um, coming back and not being able to start the year this year, uh, rebrand. Like there's so many times where the president or the owner or and in fairness to the owner, he wants to, he wanted to be left aside. That's why uh, Kevin Gilmore's here, but they never addressed anything. The only thing they've addressed in the last, like, I don't know, 18 months was Terry Henry leaving because I mean, they didn't really have a choice. Could you imagine if nobody ever met the media once the head coach left? Like, so they, they never do this. Communication has been a problem since day one with this club grant. You know it better than anybody. You've been working the games longer than I have, longer than Amy has too. But it, it's just you leave so much room to speculation. And it's just even with the president there, he wasn't addressing the media anymore. And I get it. There, there's been signs with his name, his picture, and the fans want him out. So I don't know how that could possibly affect the person because I've never had to deal with that. But – from a communication standpoint, it's just failure after failure after failure after failure. And even this rebrand, Brian Grant, they could have, you know, they met the media, Kevin Gilmore, Justin Kingsley, they launched a new logo, launched a new name. They meet members of the media that day. They answer questions. They came on TSN 690. They answered our questions. Then it was like a taboo subject. You couldn't bring up the impact. You couldn't bring up CF Montreal and the rebrand. Like nobody, nobody built anything. And you, you, you couldn't question anything they did. That's the, the, the sort of like, and I don't like the word, but I'm going to use the word anyway. It's of the club in the sense of we're transparent when we want to be, but not when we should be. Like they sort of the arrogance of this is what we're doing. And I don't care. Screw you. It doesn't make a difference what you do. And I think the pushback off the, off the rebrand. And we talked about it yesterday. People thought in a week, it'll go away. Maybe Montreal thought in a week, it'll go away. It's still not going away. People still are up in arms and fuming. And, and, you know, I like for me, everyone's talking about the logo. I like the, like, I just, the name for me is a little bit more, but I understand the outrage and understand the need to sort of modernize yourself. Great. But it was one of those things. They did it. They told you what you, and they didn't care what happened afterwards. And I think the backlash from the community, I think the backlash of alienating people at the end of the day, Montreal and Stoudo Group built this club and they got the, the fans the city of Montreal and, and the province of Quebec got behind this team. And by alienating those people, you lost your ba- grassroots 
where everything was built upon. And I think that this Montreal team, you want to go international, you start at home. You don't go international, then come home. You start at home, you build a foundation. They lost that under Kevin Gilmore, and I think that's what they're going to try to get back. Yeah, Amy, you, you feel the same way. Like, I, I get what Grant's saying. Like, you want to be an international brand, but, I mean, you've got a lot of work to do here in your own backyard before you get there. Uh, and they did alienate a lot of people. Like, there's two supporters groups, Amy, 1642 and the Ultras, and you can think whatever you want uh, of the Ultras. I think they're, they're good for the team, obviously, in the city. Um, but 1642 is... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. They never really caused the story. They went out. They got a banner when Drogba was here from Chelsea. Uh, they got they brought in the bell. Uh, I don't know. They don't really tip, typically make waves, and they found a way to upset them too. Yeah, uh, I mean, those support groups are, are are key to building a culture in the stadium and a culture in the city that people who are maybe casual fans or not fans at all maybe just hear about the team yeah. it's key to to getting the word of mouth to be positive and to to reaching out and getting more fans to fill the seats so i hope sunday maybe all of this talk albeit negative fills that stadium because this team deserves the 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 city's respect and it deserves the city's um kind of support and i hope that people come out in droves for it but I, if i could just add just to, to close this if we're moving on to something else they, they choose, the timing is off, the timing is curious. They come out ahead of it because they feel that they're, um, you know, they, they don't have a choice because the, they feel like somebody else is going to leak it, so they have to get out ahead of it. So that's fine, you make that decision. But then maybe despite, you know, uh, Gilmore brings in Olivier Renard, his tenure hasn't been all bad, but maybe you use him a little bit as a scapegoat in terms of how you've mismanaged the communication um, between the administration and the city or brands or support groups, whatever it is, but it has been by and large negative. So you use him a little bit as a scapegoat, maybe unfairly, and then you change the narrative in terms of how people view this team and its communication. And that's uh, to allude to what I said before, you get Saputo to make a statement. You make him available for questions um, instead of posting the news and then hiding again behind closed doors. Yeah, that's, I, I, think that's, I think that's spot on. And, and something that Grant touched on. So I, I have a theory uh, to all this. I'm going to throw it. Oh, here we go. And you guys tell me, you guys tell me what you think. But um, so to me, I think that the ownership of this club, and this dates again before Kevin Gilmore got here, but I think they wanted to get away from that mom and pop shop feel because it did feel that way. Like, you know, they, they had... Uh, Nick DeSantis and Mauro Biello, who are obviously family, who are working there, and they've been around the Saputos for a long time. Uh, you know, and then there's different family members or different people that they're really close to. And, and just as somebody who, since 2012 anyway, since I started covering this team, had gone to practice a lot, like you never got the sense that, don't get it wrong, like you never got the sense that you were included as a media member in the family, but you could tell that there was a lot of former players who were tight back when they played, who were tight with the owner, who were around the club, and it gave it that it, that mom and pop shop feel. Unlike TFC, when you go to TFC, you walk to BMO Field, you go in, like you get the sense that it's very corporate. Whereas Montreal didn't have that feel to it. So I think ownership this is me speculating. I think ownership wants to get away from that. So I think this started to change. 
once they brought Remy Gard in for Mauro Biello, it was somebody from the outside, somebody who was well-respected, who would manage uh, some big clubs in Europe. Obviously, it did not work. He was not a fit. But that's when things started to turn for me. Then Kevin Gilmore arrives. Maybe that's one of the reasons why he got the job, because he felt like he could make them a little more big time, a little more corporate. Um, but again, I think Grant hit the nail on the head before when he says that in their arrogance, they alienated a lot of people. So it's fine that you want to go bold and you want to make these changes, but can you get some feedback first? And then if you don't look for feedback before you make the changes, Grant, can you go back after and listen to some feedback? You've had teams in MLS try the same thing. Columbus was going to ditch the crew name. Chicago Fire, they changed. They, they had a whole rebrand too, and they walked it back. Both those teams walked it back because there was outrage from the fans. Here, nobody listened to anybody to begin with, and then nobody listened to anybody after the fact either. So the reason that we got this press release this week and that a change has been made, yes, the rebrand was poorly executed, but it's due to Gilmore's arrogance and the people around Gilmore who were arrogant and were never willing to bend at all when it came to listening to the people around them. Well, I, I'm all for growing your brand, but you grow your brand based on a foundation that's solid. You don't grow your brand by blowing up the foundation and saying, hey, we're going to go international and this is how it is. You, The name of Montreal when it was the impact, you grew from that. You grew it from zero all the way up to 20,000 people coming to the stands. Now you want to go international. I, I totally understand wanting to grow but you don't blow things up you build on that you when you have a house you don't blow it up from the foundation and say now i'm going to build a house with nothing on the bottom you build you have this base that you build from and then you if you wanted to bring in someone like gilmore to take the club to national fantastic but doesn't mean you have to get rid of what you have you could have Two divisions. You could have one that's really pushing the branding and going international, and another one that's taking care of their house, making sure that the local communities, the anyone that's here that can be they build on that. What they did is they went one way, they forgot about the other way, and it backfired. So now I don't know how, and I don't know if it's possible to get back what it was. And I think this changes the family or the, the Saputo group said, "Whoa, what's going on? This is not." going in the direction we want to change it. And if we don't change it now, how far along it goes before it's never coming back. Yeah. So I just think that, you know, when you're there and I get it, Joey Saputo does not need to be hands on in the organization, but he's aware of it. He came back and said, this is not going the direction. That Changes have to be made. And I think Amy's right with, if you can, if Kevin Gilmore's out, you can pass all the bad stuff on to him. It's unfortunate, but he's out of the way. So now you could say it was all him. Blame it on him. He's out. He could say whatever he wants, but the club can say, this is why we changed our direction. And this could be a great clean sleep, uh, slate for them to come in and say, hey, now let's do something different. But I think they have to do something different because you're not getting the same excitement and buzz around the city that was here two years ago. Forget COVID. I know COVID yeah. affects it, and you can use COVID as an excuse. Two years ago, three years ago, everyone, they were talking about impact. They were talking about soccer. They were excited about the team. They went to the stadium. The stadium was electric. You don't get that stadium anymore. 
And I think it's because you've alienated a lot of these people. PR savages, you two. You guys just want to, you want the scapegoat. You just want to hammer the scapegoat. I, I get it. I mean, you can do whatever you want. You pay the bills. It's the smartest thing to do. You're it out. Is. The guy's yeah. out. Yeah. Just push it all onto his shoulders and say, we moved on. And this is why. Yeah. Amy? To, to build or expand on what Grant was just saying about a foundation. So you, as you said, I agree with that. You take, and I said it previously, you, you put the bat on Gilmore. And then how do you move on? What positives do you have to build on? I think it's, it's two-pronged. They have two things. They have Pat Lidzik doing great work with the Boys Academy. Hopefully there's a Girls Academy coming. But they, they've, they've worked with the, the brand and associating the brand with grassroots soccer, with clubs in the region. That is a great foundation to build upon. You have that link established, build from there, and make it inclusive. And then the brand... we're talking about brand about whether it's the rebrand or the former impact whatever this team is i don't have a problem with the rebrand just to go on record but the brand and identity that is currently on the pitch that wilfred nancy has created this season is an exciting brand of of football or soccer whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. and i think that is worth uh you know a foundation is a foundational aspect that this club can can build upon and so that can't be neglected so Come out and say that. Say, we're proud of what this team has put on the field, no matter what happens on Sunday. This is a young team that with key veterans, and they've, they've put a good product out there. And then we can build on that with our communication with whoever we bring in next and bring fans and the Montreal people into the fold to encourage these guys because they're deserving of it. Yeah. From a sporting perspective, you know, I think that's one of the things, the big things that they got right is, you know, Kevin Gilmore is the one who, uh, who found Olivier Renard. I, I think Olivier Renard's a big, important piece to what they want to do. And quite frankly, I hope he's here for a very long time. Uh, I don't know how long that is, but I hope he's here for a while. But I do think that eventually, you know, especially if Montreal start to have some more success year in, year out, I think somebody's going to scoop him up uh, at, a, at a bigger club over in Europe. Uh, and Will Nancy, I know he probably didn't get the job the way that everybody drew it up. You know, I think everyone wanted Terry Henry uh, back because they, they did make the playoffs last year uh, with Henry in a difficult, you know, under dif- difficult circumstances. And he was clearly uh, the face of the franchise. But so from that respect, I think Kevin Gilmore uh, got it right. But like we've talked about here from, you know, for the last 20 minutes is uh, – there was just too much alienating people and there was way too much arrogance and, uh, and pride that just couldn't be put aside when it came to the, uh, the rebrand in particular. So two questions before we move on to the game, Amy, I'll start with you. Um, two things people want to know the names that have come out so far for presidents, uh, for potential presidents, uh, Mark Waitman's name, formerly of the Alouettes. He was with the, the Laval rocket. Uh, now he's with the Trois Rivières hockey team. Uh, his name is out there. I don't know how much of a soccer background he has. Uh, the other name that's coming out a lot is Patrice Bernier. Uh, so obviously, Pat, former player, you know, from the uh, from the PR standpoint, good communicator, a guy who will walk around the stadium with a smile, shake hands, take pictures. Um, is there anybody else that comes to mind? Because I have another name that kind of hit me yesterday. I don't know if he's qualified for it, but I'll throw it at you after. Uh, and the other question I have for you is, can you walk it all back and can it go back to being Impact Montreal, Montreal Impact? Oh, well, a name I heard thrown out there on Twitter yesterday was Joey Alfieri, which I thought was BS. 
Well, it's I just, heard the I same thing. I, heard I don't the know. Same I thing. don't know if I'm willing. I, to I actually it. threw it out there. I don't know if I'm willing to take the pay cut. <laughs> Start here. It started right here. Yeah, I don't know if I'm willing to take. the But pay I, saw, cut. I was hoping for the Joey out. Oh, that that I've seen a lot. Instead the of Joey it. out signs, yeah, those Joey those out. It was for president. And the I problem is, then it would be like high school though. It'll be like Joey S or Joey A. <laughs> Which Joey are we talking about? By the way, just for the record, I was like, Joey, uh, kick this box. I was a uh, prom king in high school. I eh? just for the record, so there was no Joey out in high school. You've stalled well, long was, enough, Amy. Yeah, no, I know, and I'm stalling because I I don't know the the corporate landscape. In Montreal, um, I, I don't even know. Mark Waitman, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I'm not familiar with him. I knew he was associated with the Owls. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to speak to uh, any, anybody as, as a candidate or a potential candidate because I don't really know who would be a good fit. I think, though, what I do know is that they tried to go more corporate and trying to build a global brand with Kevin Gilmore, and it didn't work. So, I mean, whether it's in life or it's in, in, you know, in sport or in, in corporations, if something doesn't work when you go left, then you probably will have more success if you go right. So I don't know if, if Patrice Bernier is a good fit because maybe his, his background doesn't have any of those corporate elements in it. I think you have to have somebody who maybe does have the lay of the land in terms of that. But I think that direction, a guy who knows football, whose life is all about soccer, um, has had experience. The city loves, they still call him Capitan. Um, he's happy to glad hand. He's happy to be out in front of the media and to ask questions. I think you have to have a little bit of that, of that aspect. So it, is it Patrice Bernier? Probably not. But I think you have to come somewhere in the middle, maybe leaning more towards somebody who is happy to bring positivity and inclusivity to this brand that's been so sorely lacking that. Right. Yeah. I, listen, I love Patrice Bernier. Patrice and I are friends off the field, on the field. We communicate a couple of times a month as president. I'm not hundred percent sure as ambassador. Absolutely. He needs to be in the stadium. He needs to be, you know, kissing baby, shaking hands. What do you want to do? He needs to be the guy getting people back on board with the president, like with this club. But as a president, it's more than walking around a stadium. Yeah. That's the, that's, that's the 1% of your job. 99% is the corporate side of things and then making sure that the club run properly, doing all those things. I don't know if you can go that way with a Patrice Bernier yet. Maybe have him as an assistant, or vice, like, and then you have him learn. But I, I know I might steal some of your thunder, Joey, with the guy. But when we were here, we just went, hey, someone walked by. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, interesting. That person that walks by is a guy that we could actually potentially SR. Montreal loved him. He has got an international name. And he's learned at a Serie A club, I think Marco DeVaio would be a guy that, hey, potentially, I don't know if you could lure him back to Montreal, but he's a guy that would take the, 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 the Montreal team international. And he's a guy that's already learning at the corporate level in Bologna to come to Montreal to help right the ship. Maybe that's a name that you throw out there. Yeah, I. Uh, it's funny because when we were doing the post-game show last night, guys, like he, he's still in Montreal. He's been here. I don't know if well, he's traveled why. back to Italy. Yeah, I don't know if he's traveled back to Italy at all, uh, but he's been here a lot more in the second half of the season. 
And like he, I'm not saying he knows me by name, but I interviewed him throughout his entire time here. He knows who I am. Uh, we kind of locked eyes in the booth and he kind of, maybe I'm reading way too much into this, but like he kind of looked away in a hurry as to like not wanting to attract any type of attention at all. So I don't did he know. Did he wink at you, Joey? He did not he wink. He winked. I saw the wink. I saw the wink. Gave you the guns? Not even. I think right. he, he wanted to go under the radar. <laughs> I don't think he to be, yeah, I don't think he wanted to be uh, seen or, or heard from at all. But uh, I know he, his title at Bologna in English is team manager. Uh, I wasn't entirely sure what that involved. But when you look at – I looked at the Italian website for, uh, for Bologna, and it's uh, basically he's in charge of scouting. So I'm not sure how much of the front office business stuff he has down, but he has a lot of international experience and people might forget this, but he's played in France, speaks French, and it's more than passable. I went back and watched his introductory press conference when he first got here, when he was a little more raw in French and it was already very good. Uh, so as he was here, I remember it getting better. The English got better as well. Um, so you know, I just wonder if, if that's not an avenue that they kind of explore and there's nobody else that's mentioned that name so far. Um, so uh, Marco DiVaio is somebody that I keep an eye I on. Like Grant, you're right. You're, you're right, because I don't know what it's going to take to to lure, lure him to, to come back here. But uh, well, we'll see. I think that I th maybe it's not one guy. Maybe we're looking at this wrong. Maybe it's maybe. not one person that can do all of it. You bring in one person to do one portion of it one person to do the other portion we talked about you don't want to go international if you forget where you're from yeah that's that's a mistake so i think that you bring someone in like we say a patrice bernier you bring him in and say hey we need you to help out in this capacity and then you bring in someone like a marco divide we're just throwing names out right now but yeah. those two guys that work in tandem and they say all right this is what your portion is this is how it is and you build and you grow your foundation and you get back like you stop alienating the people that made you successful and you have another portion that guys can go international you talk about Played in France, played in Syria. Legend when he was beloved by it, loved by everybody when he was here. So you go with those two guys as a combination instead of one person. And maybe that's something that they look at. Two people to do the job instead of one person. It's a lot, a lot, a lot on the shoulders of just one guy. Yeah, uh, I'm with yeah. you. I mean, he knows a lot of people, Amy. I mean, he, you know, when they had a tribute for him at the end of his tenure here, I mean, there were some big names like Francesco Totti had the video. He grew up with Nesta, so he knows a lot of people in the soccer community as well he could lean on. Yeah, I like what Grant's saying. That's what I was thinking as well. And I would also be amazed that, you know, I don't think maybe the timing of this announcement was surprising to everybody. And, and maybe, you know, the Saputo family didn't want to make it then. Um, but they felt like, you know, they were, their hand was forced a little bit, but I'd be amazed if they didn't already have somebody or a number of people yeah. lined up. And uh, I, I like what you're saying, Grant, about having two people um, work off their strengths to fulfill the, the mandates of, uh, of that job, um, you know, similar to the TSN 690 booth, you know, where Joey has the call and uh, Grant has the analysis and I come in with the strong interviews, you know? So, it's, so, uh, <laughs> so I do the heavy lifting. You do the heavy lifting on the field. I'm in the booth and Joey just, we live off his three years at Villa. I, I like to, it's like, I like to say guys, like you got to put the prettiest one in the front. And so you guys do the heavy lifting sex sells. I, I keep saying that you guys want to deny it all you want. 
But yes, uh, yes, lover, not a fighter. Yes, yes, yes. yes. You know what I mean? Okay, listener, listener, Joey's sex sells comment is based on the photo that is attached to this podcast. So I would love for you, listener, to weigh in as to you know the quality of that photo, and if you think the first thing that comes to mind is sex sells because. It's not the first thing that comes to mind we, for me. We well, we didn't we get into this yesterday, but when I said, hey, have you seen Fever Pitch? And <laughs> yes. you said, yes, I read the book. I'm like, okay, that's a bit strange, but okay. And Joey's like, <laughs> yes, I've seen it. And then we got into it about 30 seconds later, and he's like, yeah, the movie. I'm like, I thought it was the Jimmy Fallon, uh, Drew Barrymore. Yeah, the, fair, the Fairly Brothers the, romantic the movie, the, with Drew Barrymore? The love romantic, the romantic comedy. And I'm like, wow, did, we get, did I get this wrong? I, I didn't get the audience right. I'm like, no, the one that's about the Premier League in England and how they branched off in 1992 and what happened. And I'm like, nope. Amy's reading the book. I'm like, okay, I get it. Joey with a romantic comedy? Yes, I get that too now. <laughs> so it makes total sense to me that uh, we cannot really have these conversations in the booth again. Yeah, that's all right. Okay, guys, let's look ahead. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. We're just, we're running out of time. But so let's, I want to look ahead to uh, Sunday. Uh, obviously the big win last night at Saputo, Amy. But do you have, like, what's your big concern or what are you really feeling good about going into Sunday against Orlando? I think yesterday's game gives them the perfect elements and the perfect foundation to build on for Sunday's game. So they, you get it, you got a little taste of sort of everything. Maybe almost a season condensed, sort of a microcosm of what they've lived this season, where they come out in the first 45 minutes and they just are, it might be the, the best half of the, of the season. And they just looked unstoppable. Houston, though, was able to absorb that. And yet Montreal looked resolute in their determination to get the three points. They saw no slumping shoulders. You didn't see any discord between the players. They go in the halftime, though, and they come out flat for the second half. And I have to say I was a little bit worried. And then they weather the storm. Roles get reversed. And then, to use Grant's phrase again, we talked about in the postgame, CFM in their two center back scoring, Kamal Miller scoring his first MLS goal, um, to put them up 2-0, they get something out of nothing because they did not have uh, the run of play in the second half, and yet they're able to come out with three points. Grant, we've got a minute. You want to add? Yeah, I'm just going to have to look up, get a thesaurus out here because resolute discord, <laughs> there's way too many big words going on. Here. I just think that Montreal got it They got it wrong for the first, the, you know, a month ago. Combs half against uh, Red Bull got it wrong with their changes. They got this right. They made the change. Wanyama, Hamdi getting minutes, excellent. Kyoto getting minutes, great. Laplanian getting on the field, great. Your two center backs scoring goals and playing stellar defensively and contributing up, up top, fantastic. Everything points to Sunday being the exciting finish that everyone, including the league, is dreaming about. You win, you're in. This is something that you've got to show up and this is where you have to put your money where your mouth is. They talk about then show it on Sunday because everything that was done yesterday shows that they're ready to compete. Now it's about just performing. All right. That's it for episode two of the 514 Soccer Podcast. Thanks, guys. And uh, we'll catch you at the stadium on Sunday for Grant Needham's favorite. It beats Christmas. It beats New Year's. It beats Thanksgiving in the Needham household. It's MLS Decision Day. Basically, you win. And you're in for CF Montreal. You can finish as high as fifth in the Eastern Conference. You can finish 
uh, out of the playoffs, but uh, no lower than seventh, hopefully. Uh, if you win, you can't finish any lower than seventh, so you get in for sure. So thank you for listening. If you want to chime in, if you have any complaints, it's uh, at Amy13Walsh on Twitter, uh, at Grant Needham, at Joey Alfieri. Uh, again, thank you for listening, and please subscribe to the podcast. And uh, if, you, if we make you laugh every once in a while, you can maybe rate us uh, with a little five stars on there. So uh, thank you for listening, and uh, enjoy the rest of your week, everybody.